Welcome to a brand new edition of Yods. I'm Omar Moore, and on this episode, Ranieri's two blue X's. A look back at the two teams that Claudio Ranieri used to manage and how Watford fared against both of them. Both of them, of course, wear blue as their home color. And both of those games were not positive results for Watford. But there are silver linings. Plus, the increasingly long list of Watford players out injured. A cause for concern? Or is it just the way the game of football goes? All of that on this brand new episode of Welcome back to Yuan's. I'm Omar Moore. Ranieri's two blue X's. X's as in former teams that Claudio Ranieri managed and blue as in the color that both of those teams wear. And it was quite fitting that they would play back-to-back games against Watford as Ranieri went back to the scene of his exploits in 2016, lifting the Premier League trophy at the King Power Stadium as manager of Leicester City. This time he was coming back and it was his first return to the side and to the stadium where he made a big name for himself in the Premier League with that Premier League trophy lift in 2016. But this time as a member of Watford, as the head coach of Watford Football Club. And it was a very good start from Watford at the King Power. Undaunted, fearless, confident. They bossed the game for much of the first half, but it was a mistake from William Troost Akong, who must have thought that the ball that was coming toward him was a missile or a bomb, and he decided to duck under it as the ball went over him, and it was James Madison sneaking in from behind for Leicester, saying, thank you very much, Mr. Troost Akong, for your early Christmas present, 1-0 Leicester City led. It was one of those howlers of a defensive mistake from William Troost Ekong, and it cost Watford dearly in the game as they relinquished um, a nil-nil, actually. They, they really did not look good after that, but they continued to push forward in the front line, and without Ismail Assar, Dennis looked lively and dangerous, as he always does. Josh King made for plenty of running, and there were some very spirited performances by Cucho Hernandez and João Pedro. And they all looked very busy and made a lot of hay for Watford. They had chances to score. They couldn't execute, but finally in the 30th minute, they got the equaliser they thoroughly deserved with what was a penalty. Josh King stepping up from the spot to score the first Watford penalty of this season that was successfully converted, of course, 
last week, of course, against Manchester United. Watford had two bites of the cherry and were not able to get one past David De Gea. But finally, 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 after all the games so far in this Premier League season, Watford score from the spot in only the second game that they were awarded the penalty in. And Josh King made sure, I believe that was Josh King's fifth goal of the season for Watford, 1-1. And it looked as if they would get to the halftime interval at 1-1, but it was not to be. Jamie Vardy scored two goals inside nine minutes. One of them was just a really good finish from a narrow angle. Couldn't fault him that one, but definitely the third goal that Leicester scored and Vardy's second of the day, you could fault. No Watford defender at the back post. And as a result, it was a cool finish by Jamie Vardy. Uh, actually, it was off the back of his head off a set piece. He, had, he flicked it off his head into the back of the net at the far post where no Watford player was. 3-1 Leicester City. Harsh, harsh, harsh score at halftime. And Watford, though, as the Ranieri way is, continued unbowed and scored uh, about 20 minutes into the second half. Emmanuel Dennis getting a goal once again. He scored, I think, in four of the last five games or so. Dennis moving his total at that point to five goals on the season in the Premier League. He's proving to be a clinical scorer of goals is Emmanuel Dennis. That made it a 3-2 scoreline. But within a few more minutes, there was another defensive mistake and, and Lookman scored for Leicester, putting the nail in the coffin for Watford and their resilience and resistance. And it was 4-2 at that point. Watford continued to press, but Leicester City held them off for the next 25 minutes or so as they saw out a 4-2 victory over Watford, ending a losing slide at home for them. And Watford with a costly defeat and really I think a game that Watford were good in but not good enough in it was their back line that let them down and Leicester City came away with a 4-2 victory frustrating night for Watford on that occasion because I really think that they had so many chances they fashioned many chances they didn't execute enough of them and Cucho Hernandez needed to be more lethal and more clinical when it really really counted in the game there was a golden moment where he could have either shot the ball immediately or immediately passed to Josh King, who was waiting in acres of space, and he was screaming, screaming at Cucho Hernandez to pass in the ball. By the time he did, it was too late. The defenders were all over King and, and got to the ball, and King was not able to really get off a good shot, and he really did let Cucho Hernandez have it after that because Cucho took too long to take the shot or to pass it, and when you are with the ball for that long, you're going to allow defenders to get back in their shape. And as a result, the opportunity to score had gone. And it was a frustrating one because had Josh King got a hold of that ball early, I think it could have easily been a very different game. So Leicester came away with all three points. Watford went back to Hertfordshire with absolutely nothing, despite a spirited performance from them. And certainly a performance that they can be proud of, despite the defensive mistakes, again, that have reared their ugly head. I think that it's very clear in January, Watford must get defenders. I've been talking about this for a number of months now, as have a lot of Watford fans. There's no, no secret here as to what Watford need in January, and it's going to be defenders for sure. 
They can perhaps put in another midfielder somewhere, but they've got an abundance of midfielders. But because of the injury list, Watford really do need some defenders now because defenders are falling and dropping like flies. And I can tell you right now that Watford are going to have to be very aggressive in the January shop window to get the kinds of players they need to marshal the back and to promote and produce a much more effective and dynamic defensive line because at times the defense just seems to be in and out of these games and you can't afford to make mistakes at these crucial moments like William Troost Kong did in this Leicester match. So that was not a good performance uh, defensively for Watford and it was the first game since the Arsenal game at the beginning of the month, I think it's November 7th, that Watford had conceded from a set piece. That was the first time um, that they did that since the Arsenal game a few weeks ago with the Jamie Vardy header excuse me, from the corner kick that made it a 3-1 score and ultimately Leicester would go on to win four goals to two. So that was that. Not the happiest return for Claudio Ranieri, but certainly what you got out of Watford in the game on Sunday at Leicester was a performance, was cohesion, was aggressiveness, was a will to try to win and a will to win that kept them fueled and kept them going. And that was the difference. And I think that Claudio Ranieri would have been very pleased with the performance despite the fact that they ended up losing the game. After this, perhaps Groundhog Day. This time at the Vic, Watford versus Chelsea. That's coming up right after this break. Welcome back to Yuan's. I'm Omar Moore. Ranieri's two blue X's. We've already looked at the game between Leicester City and Watford. That was one of the teams that Ranieri used to manage. And now Watford head coach Claudio Ranieri would face another of the teams he used to manage in Chelsea as Watford hosted Chelsea at the Vic on Tuesday, December the 1st. The calendar turned to the final month of the year and Watford continued their good performances, but unfortunately they came undone late with a goal from Hakim Ziyech that gave Chelsea ultimately all three points, but you wouldn't have known it by the time you saw the post-match press conference for Thomas Tuchel, the Chelsea manager. But before we get to all of that, Watford started in imperious form. They looked very good indeed. It looked as if they did not give a damn about Chelsea. No respect for Chelsea. You wouldn't have known that you were playing the European champions because Watford made them look awfully poor on the night at the Vic in what was a very unusual and strange game. Not because Watford played well, but because of some of the events that were going on on the, during the course of the match including a heart attack, sadly, by um, in the Graham Taylor stand. One of the uh, fans for Watford suffered a heart attack. And as a result, the game was stopped for about half an hour and the players taken off the pitch and returned to their dressing rooms. And after that half hour delay, the fan being escorted over and stretched off to Watford General, um, where he apparently now is doing quite well, which is really good to hear, uh, Watford came back onto the pitch and maintained the same intensity level 
that they had on the pitch prior to the half hour break. This was a marvellous Watford performance. It was amongst the top two or three Watford performances of the season. It was that good against the Chelsea side that they made look awfully average at best. From the off, Watford were at it, moving the ball quickly, moving the ball purposefully, running into space, creating all kinds of problems for Chelsea, pressing Chelsea, pressuring every move they made. They didn't give them a moment's peace on the ball and kept Chelsea at bay for much of the first half. Watford, though, came undone against the run of play, Mason Mount scoring on the half-hour mark. It was a goal that really came out of nothing for Chelsea. In fact, both of their goals, relatively speaking, did. And when you are playing a top side like Chelsea, who lead the Premier League at the top, you have to be perfect, pretty much, to have a chance to defeat them. And Watford made Chelsea look awfully ordinary on Tuesday night at the Vic. But there were those odd moments where Chelsea got the break and scored. But Watford's defending was very good in the game. They were able to organize in defensive transition, get back on the ball and get everybody back behind the ball following losing the ball and following the odd break by Chelsea. The defensive recovery by Watford was very good indeed. And their transition play, I think, was one of the best things about the performance. And also the fact that they inherited or at least have adopted now what Claudio Ranieri has been preaching to them, the never-say-die attitude to keep kicking on and going forward no matter what the score is, whether you're up 3-1 or down 3-1. And that's exactly what you saw yet again from Watford in the game against Chelsea. In fact, Watford got a well-deserved equaliser after that Mason Mount goal on the half hour where Manuel Dennis, cool as you like, slotted home, his sixth Premier League goal of the season for Watford, and it was 1-1 at the break. But in the second half, Hakim Ziyech scoring in the 72nd minute to give Chelsea ultimately the victory in this one. And Watford kept going to the very last in search of an equaliser, but in vain. But what was so good about this performance was the balance was achieved. The balance in all thirds of the pitch between defence and midfield and midfield and the forward line. Each of those phases of play was done so very well by Watford. It was a performance to be very proud of. In fact, I'm even more pleased about the performance than anything else because it does not feel like a defeat. Although, of course, the scoreline says what it says and, of course, it will go down as the ninth Premier League loss that Watford have suffered this season. But all in all... This performance is so good, you kind of don't even think about the fact that Watford actually lost this game. As frustrating, of course, as it is, and obviously Watford lost the game. But my feeling about this game is more one of pride, one of uh, really pleased and really happy that Watford put in this kind of a performance. You really can't be unhappy with the performance. You can certainly be unhappy with the result, but the performance is one of the massive things that this team needed to get right, that it did not have right under the previous head coach, but now have found it under Ranieri, who has preached to them the importance of staying together, the importance of motion on the pitch, always running into space, creating spaces to run into, stretching the pitch, running without any care for what the opponent does, and trying to keep the ball as much as possible, pressure the ball to get the ball back, and then make some decisions and make those decisions quickly down the pitch to try to put the defences on their back heels. And what you saw in the game against Chelsea at the Vic 
on Tuesday night was a steadfast approach, a dominant approach. Watford dominated the first half of the game against Chelsea. They dominated it and were very unfortunate not to go in to the break up 2-1. A slide rule pass by Emmanuel Dennis to Musa Sissoko was scuffed by the captain of Watford and into the grateful arms of Edouard Mendy, the Chelsea goalkeeper who was much, much busier. He had to make six saves in this game while Daniel Backman in the Watford goal had to make only two. This was the tale of the two goalkeepers. If you wanted to look at who dominated the game, you just look at the amount of saves Mendy had to make and he had to get them absolutely right. As Watford um, kept going forward and kept going and kept going and never stopped from minute one to 95 in a game that had been, again, as I say, delayed by more than half an hour due to a cardiac arrest suffered by a fan in the Graham Taylor stand. And there had been a number of other incidents. In fact, there was one other incident that same night earlier this week when in the game between Southampton and Leicester, there was a fan taken ill. And just in October, there was a fan who suffered, I think, a cardiac arrest as well between in the game between Newcastle and Tottenham Hotspur. And more and more now we're seeing these kinds of events happen. And I think there's lots of reasons for that. One of them, I think, is just there's a lot of stress, obviously, um, at this time of year. And then the other thing is, I mean, look, we're in a pandemic, for goodness sake. And, you know, we eat unhealthily. I'm not saying that that happened and that was the reason for these individuals. But I'm simply saying that there's a whole lot more stress in the world and a whole lot more stress on a daily basis. But I just hope that everybody involved and affected gets better soon. I really do, particularly that Watford fan and the Graham Taylor end who stand who is um, who suffered a cardiac arrest and be stretched out of the stadium and next door to Watford General. Um, but on the pitch, Watford um, were very very good value, despite the two one reverse. I would say that Watford played amongst their very best games of the season. They were relentless. They continued to push forward. Again, the balance needed to be right in defence and they got it right despite conceding two goals. Watford still, I think on the negative side, still yet to keep a clean sheet this season in the Premier League. And then on the uh, positive side, you have Emmanuel Dennis, who clearly right now uh, already, can we just already call him player of the season for Watford? I mean, can we just do that now? Do we have to wait (laughs) until we get to May and the award ceremony? Because it's very clear to me um, right now, Emmanuel Dennis is having a massive impact on the way Watford play and how they uh, line up and what their personality is like. He is at the heart of that. And it was so bleak before this game because it was not even clear that Dennis would even start the game. But then when the lineups came out and we saw Dennis in the starting position, that was a jolt and a boost for Watford. And they made that count on the pitch. But unfortunately, Chelsea had just a little bit more quality and even though Watford dominated Chelsea and made Chelsea look poor, Chelsea in the few moments that they had to take chances did take them and that was really the tale of that tape between Watford and Chelsea. A very entertaining match that had just about everything in it and Watford for their cause worked very hard indeed and were just unfortunate to drop this one. But I think these results are going to turn. I I think that you cannot have performances like this and the results not be there uh, at some point. If Watford continue in this vein, 
against Manchester City on Saturday, there is no reason why they can't give City a right go. I mean, you would think that we are due to beat City at some point. We've not beaten them in the Premier League. I mean, I think since way back when, in the 1990s, I think was the last time. Ever since then, we've either uh, drawn or lost. I mean, I don't even know if we have even beaten City in the Premier League ever. I'm not so sure that we have. But if we have, goodness gracious me. I mean, City are just ruthless. And they have always played well at Vicarage Road against Watford. Always. And so this is an opportunity for Watford to finally upset the apple cart here. And they would ever, would they ever do that if they were able to get three points against Manchester City this coming Saturday evening. We shall see what happens there at the Vic as City look very dangerous indeed in second place. And they are right behind Chelsea and then in third, Liverpool. Those are the top three. Watford sit now at this moment, 17th spot. That is above the bottom three in the relegation zone and three points clear of the bottom three teams, the third bottom team. In this case, Burnley, which who Watford play in the next couple of weeks. So keep an, eye, uh, keep an eye out for that. Maybe next two or three weeks. Keep an eye out for, for that one. That could be a very interesting game indeed. So that is what the uh, landscape looks like for the Orns. Again, good balance in the performance against Chelsea. Uh, good tenacity. Good team spirit. I like the defending. The defending was very good. Even the defenders that I have criticized stepped to the plate and did awfully well um, uh, in, in this particular scenario. And look, it, it's it's um, it's gravy when you can say that you have all these really good performances, even from players that you have not thought of very highly, and even from players who, well, you know, they've still got lots to learn, lots to learn. But the fact of the matter is, is that um, Watford are improving in their performances and that will yield results. It will. I mean, it, these results are going to turn around for them. And I think they're going to turn around very soon. Now, is it going to be this Saturday? Who knows? I'd probably say no. But these results are going to start to turn for Watford just as soon as they get past the City game and they start looking at these games involving Wolves, for example, and Burnley and... Uh, Brentford is the next one after the Manchester City game. And then there's uh, all manner of um, fixtures and, and whatnot going on through the end of 2021. But this is the time now to start picking up these points to get them away from that relegation zone. Right now, they're too close to it for comfort. Um, and I, I really do think that they have to um, think about moving away from that bottom end of the table as soon as possible. Um it's just not somewhere where Watford even deserved to be at this minute. But again, um, fourth from bottom, they need to get away from there. I think they will. But January is going to be the key because, of course, we need to get defenders in and we need other positions as well. And we will, of course, get to that a bit more as we get closer to the deadline of the transfers in January. So... That has been it for this one, although I do want to talk in just a few moments about the injury list that has become a mash unit at Vicarage Road. Thank God Watford General's just next door. Oh, you know, my, oh, you know, my, oh, you know, my.
Yes, indeed. That is the state of Watford FC right now on the pitch. That's the theme from MASH. And it is a proper MASH unit right now at Vicarage Road. Watford General, thankfully, is literally right next door to the Vic. As a growing list of Watford players have got onto that MASH unit injury list, it is not looking good as we get toward Christmas. And no fewer than, I think, 11 players now are injured. Now, some of those players are going to be coming back soon. Ken Semmer is doing his darndest to get back on the pitch. He looks very, very good as he continues to recover. Peter Atebo, who is going to be out still for a few more months, is looking good on the road back to recovery as well. Uh, lots of video of him on his Instagram page and on Watford's social media channel showing you that he is putting in every bit of work he possibly can to get back and get to be raring to go. And then you've got Christian Cabaselli also looking as if he'll be coming back in the next few weeks or even just a matter of games now for him. So there are some good positives, some real positives to take out of what we're seeing with this growing list of injuries. Now, this is something that I think has been a recurring problem at Watford over the last goodness knows how many years now, but particularly in the last few years where we've had these long injury lists and we look at the medical staff, we look at the infrastructure and we wonder what's been going on. And we've had this concern before and I believe they got rid of some of the people who were behind the scenes doing the medical situation at Watford and have hired someone people knew. And look, we get injuries. Injuries are going to happen throughout the course of a season. There's going to be every single team in the league that has an injury. You name a team. I'll name you a team that's got an injury. I'll tell you who it is. I mean, for example, I'll tell you right now, Liverpool, Harvey Elliott, who is their promising youngster, he's injured and will be gone for the whole season, as far as I know. Um, I could literally listen. You can tell me any club in the Premier League. I'll I'll let you know who's injured. I mean, <laughs> Watford, ten or eleven injuries. Now that is a lot harsher than I think pretty much any club, any other club in the Premier League. We have lost so many players this season, and you do ask, how on earth is everybody getting injured like this, and why is it taking so long? Well, obviously some of these injuries are very serious or are serious enough to be sidelined for a matter of months. Sierra Alta was close to coming back. He got injured during the international break. I think that's an issue. And with all these international breaks, certainly because we've got so much talent on our team, you're going to get injuries. You are going to get injuries. It's just not going to be avoided in this day and age with the Premier League fixture list and the way that these games are scheduled on the calendar. The Christmas period now that is coming up is a brutal period and you're going to God, I hate to say it, but you're going to probably see more injuries. Not necessarily Watford players, but you're going to see injuries. And it may include Watford players, but you're going to, especially now when you're playing three games in a week. You're going to see injuries. You're going to get more injuries. And this is why January is going to be a massive period for Watford. Uh, I think what they do in January is going to shape how... The rest of the season goes, although, again, I think regardless of what they do in January, and it's got to include defenders, that January spending spree has got to, well, well whatever, it's not going to be a spending spree um, because the club just does not have the kinds of finances that obviously a Manchester City has, for example, or a Liverpool or a Manchester United. But 
Watford are going to have to invest in defenders. And no matter how many of them they bring in, whether it's one, whether it's two, whether it may be three, I don't. I, I think that Watford is important to do this and make sure they stabilize what has been a very, very rocky time for injuries for Watford. And I think it's going to shape the rest of their season. But I think no matter what happens in January, Watford are going to not only be safely in the Premier League for another season, they are going to be near mid-table. I've said this all along. I think that they're going to finish 11th. I said this back in June of this year before they even kicked a ball and before they even got a number of these players. I have no reason to think that that is not going to happen. Of course, despite where we are currently in the table, I think Watford are going to start climbing. And the big reason why I see this is because of the way the performances have gone lately. They are in an upturn. And even before these performances, this club has too many good players on it for it to be languishing in the bottom three or four. And there is no accident that since Ranieri has come in, all this team needed was a focus and an identity. And that was not really being crafted by the previous head coach. I mean, not in the Premier League, at least. He was, above, he was listening. The, listen, the, the job was too big for him. And yes, we got two wins under the tutelage of Cisco, whose name now is, I hate to say a distant memory, but it's somewhat that now at the Vic. Because what you're seeing here is a team now that's fashioning itself into a proper outfit. And a team that Premier League, other Premier League clubs are going to have to look at and say, wow, we, we better be on our toes for this one. But you didn't have that the first seven games. You didn't have that at all. And there was no identity fashioned. The head coach at the time, I think, was a little overwhelmed by this job. Um, he has lots of experience. He's a very good head coach. But coaching and managing in the Premier League is a whole different thing to coaching and managing in the championship. I mean, it's just the way you prepare these players, um, the formations, everything, and the way that these games are being played, the speed of the game. You do not have the time on the ball in the Premier League that you do in the championship. And I don't know, not to go back over old history, but I do not know. Um, it's not not exactly that old <laughs> history, but I do not know if the prior manager um, had the nous to do this, and I I would say he didn't. But he's now doing well in another league, and I wish him all the very best, uh, Cisco. All the best to you. Um, but what we're looking at with Watford now and these injuries is not good. It's not good to have Ken Semmer, to have Ismaila Saw, to have Francisco Sierralta, Adam Messina. I mean, Peter Atebo, Nicola Nkulu. I mean, and we can go all the way down the list. It is all of these injuries. I mean, I mean, goodness gracious me, these would be like new players when we get all of these players back. And Messina is going to be out now for a long period of time. So we've got all of these injuries and we're just going to need to get new players in in January. Now, how many can Watford realistically expect to bring in? Maybe three players. Maybe. Maybe three. Maximum. Because again, it's going to be one of those deals that is just to the end of the season. Um, it's going to be like the Carlos Sanchez deal. Remember Carlos Sanchez, who was so good for us in midfield in the championship when he came in. 
it's going to be like that. It's going to be a rental player, basically. You bring him in for what, the last four months of the season, four and a half months or so, and see what you've got. And Carlos Sanchez turned out to be a real gem for us. Um, in some of the performances, he was just so silky smooth in midfield, the way he distributed the ball, calmed things down, gave the team a centralized focus in midfield and a movement forward. He was a sweeper in a way, he kind of just swept up the mess in midfield and kept things moving in that engine engine room. And we need a player like that um, in defense. <laughs> we need We need two of them, really. Uh, although, as I say, Cathcart and Trooster Kong, actually, I don't think I did say this, Cathcart and Trooster Kong were very good in the game against Chelsea. They were. And now we need consistency from the defence. We had a very good performance overall in the Chelsea game, but we need consistency. And I think in January, when we bring in these players that we're going to bring in, whoever they are going to be, there are going to be a couple of defenders needed to light the fire. I think Nkulu was a very important pickup for Watford. The Cameroonian international, I think, has has been responsible for, I think, uh, keeping these defenders honest in the central defensive pairing. I think Cathcart has benefited tremendously from Nkulu's presence. Nkulu's a veteran player. He's 35 or so years old. And I think he certainly improved the way that Cathcart plays. I mean, Cathcart... Was a, was a great defender. It was a very good, solid defender, I think, before Nkulu came. But Cathcart has had some wobbly games this season. And Truce to Kong certainly has had some of those as well. But I do think Nkulu, even though he's injured, I think he's, his presence has made a difference. Nkulu, who again, coming in, was not match fit. He was nowhere near 100% match fit. And all of a sudden, um, he managed to put together, just overnight, just these really good performances and he was a good defender to begin with, but I think his presence has been very important, even though he's going to be out now for a number of weeks as well with an injury. Uh, ben Foster is out at least into January. Um, hopefully he'll come back because I think that Ben Foster, after everything that I've said about him and perhaps you've said about him, I think he's the better of these two goalkeepers. Let, let's have it absolutely right. I think Ben Foster over Daniel Backman. And at the beginning of the season, I was not saying that. And I think a lot of other Watford fans were not saying that uh, Ben Foster was the better keeper than Daniel Backman was. But I think it's very clear now, very clear indeed now, that Ben Foster, um, uh, of these two goalkeepers, from what we've seen this season overall, and yes, Ben has had a couple that he could have saved. Yes, definitely. Um but, uh, but Backman has had some that he could have saved as well. And I think that neither of these two goalkeepers is going to be as good as the one that we've signed now, Okoye, who will come in um, uh, starting from next season. Although you never know. I mean, he's technically signed um, as of January 1st of, of 2022. He has signed already, but that contract runs from the beginning of next month for five or so years or so. And so, look, I think that uh, Akoye is going to be absolutely gold when he comes. Um, he will start next season as the number one Watford goalkeeper. Um, but neither of these two that we've got now, and Rob Elliott's the understudy, I think is is a brilliant goalkeeper. I think Foster's excellent days have passed him. But Ben Foster is still a, a very good goalkeeper and an important presence at Watford. Uh, as he will be here for at least the remainder of this season. I think he's off after that. He's either retiring or he's certainly leaving Vicarage Road. So 
um, Ben Foster um, is a goalkeeper who I would prefer by a mile now over Daniel Backman. His distribution is much better than Backman's. I think his uh, awareness of the pitch is much better. His leadership is better. He calls out players. He shouts a lot more. He's very demonstrative in that area. He patrols the uh, the box area as a goalkeeper a whole lot better. He has a lot more confidence and authority to him. You look at Backman, and even though Backman has delivered um, some great performances on the international stage for Austria, you look at Backman and you don't see the kind of compelling figure that you need in goal, a goalkeeper that's authoritative. You know, you look at, a, in fact, we, look at, we looked at him just the other day, Edouard Mendy. That's someone who's authoritative in goal. He's someone who will come for the ball. He is very confident. You know, he was very busy in that Chelsea goal. And you look at Daniel Backman, for example, for, for us, he's not the same kind of goalkeeper who is going to shout a lot and get authoritative the way that a Mendy or a Ben Foster or, you know, just name a goalkeeper, Allison, you know, uh, uh, you know, Edison, all of these players in goal who are um, renowned for um, making stands in goal, literally. You know, Aaron Ramsdale, too, who has uh, become really one of the top goalkeepers in the Premier League. Um, those are the kinds of goalkeepers who are, are authoritative. They stamp their presence on these games. So of all of these injuries that Watford have had, it affects everything, but the, what Watford do have on the pitch are a group of players now who seem to know what their role is, seem to know what their identity is. It's slowly but surely coming. It's a team that presses. It's a team that keeps fighting to the very end of a match, a team that's very compact, a team that defends as a team, and a team that will move the ball a lot quicker than they have done. And you see the difference. They are a team that comes out from the starting whistle with a purpose. And you didn't see that in these games, most of these games in the first seven of the season. And now we are at the next seven of the season. So we've gone through two sets of seven games. The first seven under Cisco, where we didn't know what we had. And now these next seven now under Ranieri. And now with Ranieri there, we're beginning to see what we have. He has now established an imprint on this team that's still developing. There's still things that they have to improve on. Um, but what you're seeing now is a team that is going to give you a performance. These last three games have shown you. And even with these injuries, what Watford, the, the players that Watford do have are performing. And they are getting the identity together. A team that's cohesive now. A team that's running more fluidly. A team that has Sissoko, who has been magnificent this season. Um, I mean, for me, I think Emmanuel Dennis right now is Watford's player of the season. But Sissoko's a very close second. I think if you had to pick, I don't think you'd go wrong in picking either of those two for your Watford player of the season. I know it's early. 14 games have passed. But there's no question that the player of the season is going to be either Emmanuel Dennis or Musa Sissoko. I don't think that there would be too many arguments against either one of those. I think most of us as Watford fans would pick Emmanuel Dennis. And I would pick him as well, uh, quite frankly, because I think he is the, a massive difference to this club. Um, he has fit into multiple areas. He has been on the right channel. He's been up the middle. He's been on the left he is very versatile. 
He is a, someone who can roam. He's someone who is a good assist person, a good assist man. He's got six goals already. Um, I think he has something like 10 assists this season, if not more, maybe 12 assists. He's been massive for this club. Josh King also has done some really good work. He's scoring his goals. You've got two players with goals. You've got Saw, who's injured, who scored four or five goals himself. So you're beginning to see that front line clicking. And when you've got your front line scoring goals, and each of them is scoring goals, that's a good thing. You know, Saw, who knows how long he'll be out for. He'll certainly be out probably for most of January. You know, that's just my guess. I don't have any information that <laughs> would confirm that. But here we are now on, uh, you know, this early part of December. And Saar is not going to be, you're not going to be hearing anything about Saar in terms of the status until at least January, you know, middle of January um, or somewhere around that time. So, you know, this is going to be one of those injuries where he might be out until the next, you know, he might be out till February. You know, it could be longer than that. It could be the end. It could be more than that. It could be at least two months. We don't know. I don't know. Um, but we'll see. And these injuries are a problem. I guess that's my point. The injuries obviously are a major problem. Um, we're going to have to look again at what's happening. You know, why are these players getting injured now? And Adam Messina may be out for goodness knows, you know, till the end of the season. Who knows? But it's a serious injury and his thigh injury. And Claudio Ranieri apparently has said he's going to be out for a long time. So that's not good. He's your left back. So Danny Rose, who had been injured himself, is now going to be pressed into action for a large number of these games now. And Danny Rose, I think, performed very well against Chelsea. It remains to be seen, however, um, if Watford are going to get back up for Danny Rose, because I think they need to. Danny Rose is a veteran player. He's going to need some backup. He's going to need some help. Uh, at left back so they may call up a youngster they may whatever they have to do but they're going to need to do it because January um, you know that's where they're gonna have to do this they're gonna have to make these changes um, and, and reinforcements in that back line and you you can't go with your left back being you know a veteran player and no backup for him you, you've got to back him up you've got to do the same with the central defensive pairing and I think you've got backup enough, I think, um, on the right back side with, of course, Jeremy Ngakia, who I think is capable. Um, he's a youngster. He's shown you that in this season he um, will bring that team forward in terms of what he brings to the team. He pushes that team forward on the pitch. He never stops going. He's fearless. He'll, he'll commit to a tackle. He will defend. He will go forward. He's a player that's got pace. I think he's a better on-ball defender than Kiko Femenia is. And I think uh, he also, you know, he's got a lot of, uh, I think, um, dynamic um, movement too. He's a very good mover uh, in that right back side there. He, he's, he's someone who can move the ball up the pitch really well. Um, I don't think he's the best crosser of the ball necessarily, but I do think what he will bring is a lot of forward thinking, um, and he is an adequate, more than adequate, I'd say a very good backup to Femenia. And Femenia has had lots of injury problems, so again, that, that theme of injuries, and Femenia is okay now, and uh, may he and the rest of the Watford players, knock on wood, continue to stay healthy. Um, 
but you know that's the thing. You know, Fermenia has often had injuries, and we need a backup to him. We've got one in Ngakia, but this team now has got lots of injuries in it. And there's some seasons when you just have more players injured. It just happens that way. So you know, last season I don't think we had too many injuries. This season we've got ten or eleven. <laughs> this is how it goes. You know, maybe next season you'll have maybe three or four injuries. But every season, you're going to have injuries. It's a contact sport. But what concerns me greatly is the number of players injured. And I then look at conditioning. I then look at what's going on with that, what's, what's going on with the physio. They've changed. I know they've had a few doctors and they got rid of a physio team or part of a team, uh, part of the on-field doctors from the last season or two. They've made changes with that in some areas, I think. Um you know, this is, uh, you know, we need to deal with all of this because it's not good to have an injury list this long. And for a newly promoted club, now Watford have been about the Premier League for a while now, but for a newly promoted club in its first season back to have 10 injuries before we get to the second week of December, that's not a good sign. You've got 10 injuries before we get to game number 15. And that's not even halfway through the Premier League season yet. So that, to me, spells, well, it's, it's an issue. Just put it that way. I don't want to overstate things, but that's an issue. And I am hoping that we can get players back healthy and fit and ready. And I think a lot of it is also you've had some players like Nkulu who had come in as emergency players because of the problems in our defense and the injuries there that weren't even, quite frankly, close to 100% fit. And then they suffered injuries like Nkulu did against Manchester United. He had to limp off. So, you know, whenever Nkulu comes back, he's going to be a massive upgrade in that central defense. And if Trusta Kong can play uh, as well as he played against Chelsea and if Cathcart can keep going as well, playing as well as he did um, the last couple of games, I think that, especially the game against Chelsea, I think he was very good. I think that this defense can actually build and can do something. But we need defenders in January. That does not change the mission. The fact that the the performances have improved do not change the fact that we need defenders in here. There's just no question around it. There's no way around it. We need defenders and we need them fast. January now cannot come quick enough for Watford FC. And I think that these performances that we've had the last three games, the consistency is there. The consistency of performance is the big key. And that means that these results will come. Now, we were unfortunate against Chelsea, but these results will come. They will turn around. And some of these games that we've been losing, 1-0 at Arsenal, 4-2 at Leicester, 2-1 at home to Chelsea, are going to turn around in our favour. We've seen what we can do. We've done it against Manchester United this season. We've done it at Everton this season. We've done it against Chelsea, despite the fact that we came away with nothing. This is going to motivate these men on the pitch uh, in the next game, which is City, that's coming up at, at the Vic on Saturday evening. I think that Watford can give a very good account of themselves, no matter what the result is on Saturday. I think Watford are going to be flying out of the traps uh, obviously, they're going to have to defend differently against City because City are a team who come at you in waves. They come at you in waves. They are a team that are going to try to weigh you down with the passing. So what is going to happen in the game is they're going to have you running ragged 
um, with the passing. So what the key is to the game, and I'll be talking about this a lot more uh, in on the YouTube channel at Watford, uh, not at Watford, but the YouTube channel at Yuan's WFC, is that Watford are going to have to stay very disciplined defensively. They are going to have to defend as a team for the bulk of this game because what Pep Guardiola loves is to keep the ball and you know that he will be doing that on Saturday. So that is my little sneak preview for the focus that I'm going to be doing coming up on the Yuan's WFC YouTube channel. And we are now at the end of this particular episode of Yuan's. Thank you very much for listening. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the Yuan's WFC YouTube channel by typing in Yuan's WFC in the YouTube search bar and you will get the channel. Please subscribe to the channel there, won't you? Thank you very much. And also, of course, it is the Yuan's podcast. Subscribe to this podcast, please. We're on on, we're on Spotify and Apple. We're on Google. And don't forget the uorns.com merchandise store. Please head to the uorns.com merchandise store right now for your uorns merchandise. It's all designed by yours truly, and it would be great for you if you buy it. It makes a great gift for this Christmas, and I look forward again to doing another episode of this particular podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Omar Moore, and until next time, you...